What do you get when you cross poison ivy with a four-leaf clover? A rash of good luck. Exactly Enough Time is a podcast about being present. It is also about playful creativity and other things like curiosity and connection. I am your host, Stacey Julian, life enthusiast and storyteller. I love to talk about people, places, things, and solutions. Listen up. I think you'll find inspiration for living your life and telling your story because you have exactly enough time. Friends, oh my goodness, I've missed you. Happy St. Patrick's Day. (laughs) I'm here today with a rash of good luck. I love this holiday, do you know why? because it doesn't take a ton of preparation and yet it is totally fun and memorable. Years ago, I had the idea that on St. Patrick's Day, we should host a green dinner. And that's what's happening this year, today, tonight. It's no exception. Our friends, the Holdaways, are coming at 6 p.m. for corned beef, cabbage, and carrots, plus a new-to-me potato interpretation called Hasselback Potatoes. There will be green beans, green grapes, green salad, green limeade to drink, and this really yummy, not very healthy, concoction of cottage cheese, whipped cream, and pistachio pudding for dessert. I might even make gluten-free cookies and slather green frosting on top. Have you ever heard the saying, Irish, I were Irish? Get it? Irish instead of I wish. Ha 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 ha. So actually, I am just a small bit Irish, at least according to the website 23andMe and the DNA test that they administer. I am. I'm actually 56.1% Irish and British, but there's some Irish in there. So happy St. Patrick's Day to me and to all of you. Anyway, that fun idea from all those years ago to host a green dinner has become a treasured tradition. Then there's the idea of leprechaun kisses. I don't remember who told me about this idea or where I came across it, but It's so easy and it's so fun, especially if you've got littles. It just involves purchasing some small shamrock stickers, sneaking into a sleeping child's bedroom and placing these small shamrock stickers on their face, arms, feet, anything that's exposed that you can reach and stick without waking them up so that when they do wake up, they're covered with these tiny stickers, each representing the kiss of a leprechaun. Raise your hand if you dye the remaining milk in your fridge a lovely tint of green. I do. And do you put out Lucky Charms? 
I've actually served green eggs and ham a handful of times, but not this year. As you know, a quick search on Pinterest will reveal dozens of quick and easy St. Patrick's Day ideas and plans, schemes for catching your local leprechaun. But I'm sure you didn't need me to tell you that. (laughs) I do, however, want to talk to you about ideas today because ideas become things. Things like fun family traditions, but also things like products, services, game-changing solutions, systems, movements, and much more. Ideas are powerful. George Bernard Shaw said, if you have an apple and I have an apple and we exchange these apples, then you and I will still each have one apple. But if you have an idea and I have an idea and we exchange these ideas, then each of us will have two ideas. Nolan Busnell reminds us that everyone who's ever taken a shower has an idea. It's the person who gets out of the shower, dries off, and does something about it who makes a difference. And I really like this from Tony Robbins. Don't be afraid of new ideas. Be afraid of old ideas. They keep you where you are and stop you from growing and moving forward. Concentrate on where you want to go, not on what you fear. Ideas are like rabbits. You get a couple, learn how to handle them, and pretty soon you have a dozen. That's what John Steinbeck wrote. I still remember where I was sitting when I first read about ideas in Elizabeth Gilbert's book, Big Magic. And it's so good that I'm going to read it to you. But before I do, I want you to pause. And I mean it, like pause the podcast if you need to, because you are going to think of an idea that you currently have. Maybe it's an idea to simplify a process with your team at work. Maybe it's an idea for your backyard garden this summer, how to increase the yield. I don't know. Maybe you have an idea for organizing that kitchen cupboard or bathroom drawer. Maybe you have an idea for a project you want to start or a party you want to plan. It doesn't matter what the idea is. Grab it and bring it to the forefront of your brain for just a minute. Like pause this podcast, pause me if you need a moment, but I want you to go find an idea. Got it? Okay, here's Elizabeth Gilbert. I believe that our planet is inhabited not only by animals and plants and bacteria and viruses, but also by ideas. Ideas are a disembodied energetic life form. They are completely separate from us, but capable of interacting with us, albeit strangely. Ideas have no material body, but they do have consciousness and they most certainly will have. Ideas are driven by a single impulse to be made manifest, and the only way an idea can be made manifest in our world is through collaboration with a human partner. 
It is only through a human's efforts that an idea can be escorted out of the ether and into the realm of the actual. Therefore, ideas spend eternity swirling around us, searching for available and willing human partners. And she goes on, I'm talking about all ideas here, artistic, scientific, industrial, commercial, ethical, religious, political. When an idea thinks it has found somebody, say you, who might be able to bring it into the world, the idea will pay you a visit. It will try to get your attention. Mostly, you will not notice. This is likely because you're so consumed by your own dramas, anxieties, distractions, insecurities, and duties that you aren't receptive to inspiration. Liz then goes on to describe why you might miss the nudges of an idea or be closed off to its potential. And then she writes, but sometimes, rarely, but magnificently, there comes a day when you're open and relaxed enough to actually receive something. Your defenses might slacken and your anxieties might ease and then magic can slip through the idea. Sensing your openness will start to do its work on you. It will send the universal physical and emotional signals of inspiration, the chills up the arms, the hair standing on the back of your neck, the nervous stomach, the buzzy thoughts, that feeling of falling into love or obsession. The ideal will organize coincidences and portents to tumble across your path to keep your interest keen. You will start to notice all sorts of signs pointing you towards the idea. Everything you see and touch and do will remind you of the idea. The idea will wake you up in the middle of the night and distract you from your everyday routine. The idea will not leave you alone until it has your fullest attention. <gasps> that is so good. I don't know how she writes like that, but I love it because I've experienced it. And I think perhaps you have too. So with this idea of yours in mind, what are the signs pointing you towards this idea? What have you heard or read or felt or experienced? What are the coincidences or conversations where you've seen this idea pop up unexpectedly? How do you feel about your idea right now? And what will it change for you? Or, especially if you act on it, what will it change or create for others? Okay, I've been thinking a lot about ideas and one idea in particular, and I've outlined five things that I think we can do with ideas. Five things that I think we should do with ideas, big ideas, little ideas. Again, the size or impact, potential impact doesn't matter. What matters is that we practice working with ideas. Okay, number one, number one, you should definitely play with an idea. Just give it a little bit of mental space before you close it down, shut it off, push it away. Play with the idea. What might it look like? How would you approach it? Why would you want to 
go a certain direction or not. But let an idea play with you, inside you. That's number one, play with ideas. Number two, protect ideas, but not for too long. A brand new baby idea needs protection. It needs to be loved and nurtured and cared for and not exposed to too many people too fast because it needs to build a relationship with you. It needs to develop trust with you. You need to protect your idea until it's time to introduce it, right? To give it a place. Number three, number one is play with it. Number two is protect it. Number three, give it a place to grow, okay? Where others can be introduced to it. So maybe you introduce your idea to a place in your home or a place at work or a place with close friends or family members, but give it a little more space, right? An actual outside of your mind place where it can begin to influence others and, and interact and maybe even get feedback. Then, number four, it's time to make plans with your idea. Like, ask your idea lots of questions and write down the answers. Even write down the answers that might not be the best. You're not sure yet, but write it down. Write down everything about your idea and the plans that you could make with it and get really specific and really wild and crazy and really smart and savvy and all of the things. Make all of the plans about this idea. And finally, after you have played with an idea and you've protected it just long enough and you've given it a place to begin to grow and you've made the plans, all the plans, and you've written them down, then guess what? The fifth thing you do with an idea is you publish it. Oh my goodness. That's the scary and thrilling. The most, I should say, the most scary and most thrilling you can do with an idea is you share it. You publish it. You make it known beyond the confines of your close circle of most trusted confidence. Confidence, is that the word? Okay, you publish it. For me, you guys, when I get to the planning stage of idea generation, my brain, here's another P word for you in case you just noticed my awesome list of alliterative P words, right? For me, when I get to the planning stage of idea generation, my brain, my brain starts to push back hard <laughs> with lots of questions and potential problems. And I've learned that that's totally okay. In fact, it's good. My brain and your brain, it part of the reason we have brains is to protect us. Our brain simply wants to protect us just like we want to protect our ideas. So when your brain pushes back from a place of doubt or fear, then practice saying something like, thank you brain, thank you for doing your job, for caring about me. I want you to know I'm okay. You can relax. 
for sure there are things that we, me and you, brain, there are things that we don't know yet, but it's going to be okay. Now, for those of you that have been listening to me from the beginning, you might remember that I've actually given my brain or the voice in my brain or my head a name. She is Persephone, and I love her. I adore her. I know that she is simply watching out for me and that sometimes she's worried that I might experience negative emotion. (laughs) But I'm getting better at simply reassuring Persephone and telling her that together we will get through this. Okay, so there's those five things we do with our ideas. We play with them. We protect them, but not for too long. We give them place to grow and explore and be curious. And then we make all kinds of plans with them. And finally, just before they feel finished, we publish our ideas. Now listen, there isn't a step six. There isn't the next step that says perfect the idea. (sighs) Right? It's a P word. You think it might fit perfectly, but here's the truth. Here's what I've learned. You don't perfect an idea alone. You perfect an idea by publishing it and by inviting others to experience it. (gasps) Today, guess what I'm doing today? I'm publishing my newest idea. It feels really big to me (laughs) and kind of scary, but way more exciting than scary. I'm sharing it with you here on my podcast and I'm sending it out to friends, to people that I trust, to people that have in the past gathered around me and gathered around other ideas that I have published. And I feel crazy nervous for sure. I was trying to think about how to describe what I feel and I thought of a roller coaster where you're being pulled. I think it's called the lift hill, right? And there's like this like slow (laughs) up, 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 up and the anticipation builds and you're almost there and ready to let loose and fly down the other side, down coast down and around the design of the roller coaster. That is such, right, a fascinating and visceral sensation, climbing up, 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 and then letting go. That's what I feel like today. (laughs) And you likely know this. I know you've experienced this before. I am a memory maker. I love the detailed plans that result in memories, especially over time which again is one reason I love days like today. Holidays are an invitation to plan, to prepare, to invite, to anticipate, and to do whatever it is that you have envisioned. Of course, with your camera in hand. This is how we engage with life. This is how we stay present and how we more fully immerse ourselves in all the goodness that life brings to us. It's how we live our story. I am also a teacher. I love teaching about mostly memory making and the memory retrieval process and the memory keeping process. I love exploring and teaching memories and stories. Seriously, like as much as I enjoy memories and stories, I enjoy 
teaching memories and stories. I love to share what I learn. I love exchanging ideas with other people, like-minded people. Like George Bernard Shaw said with the apples, I love exchanging ideas and getting more ideas in return. It's so enriching. So last year in 2021 um, at com, I taught two year-long classes. The first is Photo Freedom, which is my system for organizing photos and doing something with them. The second was called Story 52, for which I developed a really fun deck of colorful cards that were designed to inspire unique personal stories. And I had so much fun teaching those classes. I work hard on the content for these online courses. But what's most rewarding about them, the very best thing that happens, happens because of the way people come together to participate with the content and to share with each other and with me. It's the community, duh. <laughs> it's the community that keeps me coming back. And so I am creating a really fun, happy, colorful, information-rich way to live your story. A place where you can come together for ideas and inspiration, but more importantly, for motivation, for accountability, for support, for personal solutions that are time-tested and tried, and for guidance in creating memories, taking pictures, and then doing something with some of the pictures you take. Today, I launch the Live Your Story membership, where you check your guilt and your overwhelm at the door and come inside to play and feel encouraged and enabled. I will be telling you much, much more and sharing many more details in coming weeks and episodes, but let me just tell you this. You do not want to miss out. If you enjoy this podcast and if you value your memories and you are sick of scrolling on your smartphone and you know that you have stories inside of you that should come out, but you don't know what to do next, this membership is for you. I created Live Your Story for you. I've been smiling outside. I look good. I feel light as a feather. Open up the window. Look out at the sky. Patrick's Day, but it is also your lucky day because you can come and be a part of my latest idea and find a place where your ideas can grow. Together, we are the lucky ones because we're going to create and perfect a super cool membership with all the things that we need to thrive with our family history and our personal storytelling and life documenting goals. I invite you to visit stacyjulian.com. Click on membership to learn more and get yourself signed up because we're going to live our stories. You are a listener and because you've made it all the way to the end of episode 129, I am giving you a code, LISTEN, capital L-I-S-T-E-N, to save $20. That's one month free 
Yep, I am giving you one month free. I want you to experience April and live your story. April is our kickoff inaugural month and you can't miss it. Therefore, come get signed up. Use the code LISTEN because I want and need you to be a part of this from the ground up, from the very beginning. We're going to have more fun if we are all in this together. Okay, thank you for listening today. I want you to trust your ideas, especially your crazy ideas. Play with them, protect them, of course protect them. Give them a place to grow and make plans with them and then long before they're perfected, I want you to publish them. If you will do this, then when it comes to living and telling the story, you are most qualified to live.